Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. I hope you're doing well and not too furious about what's happening in Washington right now, but I bet you are. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I am filling in for Ben Shapiro again this afternoon. If If you hear my voice on his show, that's what's going on now. Uh, we got to talk about the student loans, but I want to talk about the student loans to begin with in a different way. We're oh, we're going to spend this hour on student loans because it's a very big deal. It is terribly immoral policy, not just bad policy. It actually is immoral, and I want to get into that. Before we do, though, I think it's very notable. Now, in fairness, part of it is because the White House is only just announcing the plan. Uh, and so the media will pivot to coverage about the plan now as the White House focuses on the plan. But the larger reality is that the media is spending a lot of time today on Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump, the documents out of Mar-a-Lago, things like that. Uh, they, they actually aren't uh, focusing as much on student loans right now until the actual announcement of the loans moving forward. That that then will become a larger deal for them, except they're going to quickly pivot back to the salaciousness of Trump. And of course, there was supposed good news out of New York last night, a special election where Republicans thought they could win. It was a Democratic seat that Biden won. The Democrats not only won it, but did slightly better than what Biden did two years ago. And the Democrats, of course, are like, well, it's abortion, abortion. It's the end of Roe v. Wade. Turns out that helped us. You would have thought they would have advocated for the end of Roe v. Wade a while back if it was going to help them so much. But nonetheless, the media is fixated on all of these things. The media is really focused right now on Mar-a-Lago and still on Liz Cheney and all these other issues. They're focused on the elections last night. They're focused on Ukraine They're rallying around Charlie Crist today, who's the Democratic nominee in Florida. I mean, the morning conversations on CNN and MSNBC were all about Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump and will he face investigations. Meanwhile, everyone I know, Democrat and Republican by and large, are furious about the student loan situation. I know only a couple of people who are actually happy about the student loan situation. I want to actually do something real quick. Um, Real quick. This is CNN right now as I'm talking. This is the commentary that's happening at CNN. He's saying this is our opportunity to stop Ron uh, Ron DeSantis before he runs for president. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard. I mean, DeSantis has a massive war chest, and Florida has become a that this is not particularly friendly for Democrats. They MSNBC. Really His approval ratings continue to be in the 40s. He's going to be out on the campaign trail, Andrea, talking about what he sees as his legislative achievements. But where and how he campaigns, that remains to be seen. It's a big question mark looming over all of this. They're focusing on the New York special election and will it actually help Biden. Now over to CNBC. Best in breed. It's down. It's best in breed. They've given us the bad news already. Cloud might just be strong enough and no one likes it. And this is a business now over to CBS News. They're more likely now to hold the Senate. 
So um, just very quickly, you touched on this, this canary in the coal mine kind of aspect to this contest. What is the larger message now that this mm. sends, you know, for Democrats, especially who were hoping but not quite sure that this issue of abortion rights would actually. Uh, yeah. Notice they're not talking about it. now. What is Fox News covering right now? is extremely unpopular among young people those are the least reliable voters so mm. why would he then be trying to and let's get this straight buy votes from that group of people oh oh so fox is covering the student loan issue here here's fox business right now kevin brady has been on this program uh ranking republican on the uh house budget committee and give people opportunity rather than just pay off the debt for those who you know went to college got a degree and and still owe that debt you know, there, there might... Well, They're talking student loan. Interesting, interesting. Fox is talking about the student debt transfer. And everybody else is talking about abortion and the special election in New York. Fascinating. is not... Or business news on CNBC, which you can expect. Is that not kind of telling? Now, why? Well... This is uh, an economics professor was on CNN this morning talking about the plan. I read through all your analysis and basically it shows that canceling this student loan debt for folks would undermine the uh, inflationary work that the uh, Inflation Reduction Act uh, is set to do and what the administration wants it to do. Why? Why do they cancel each other out? Well, so the Inflation Reduction Act saves maybe $300 billion in the first 10 years. If we do cancel $10,000 of debt and just extend the pause a few months, we're going to be at about that much in terms of new costs. So all the deficit reduction is going to be wiped out. At the same time, we're probably going to do more to increase inflation from debt cancellation than any inflation reduction from, hmm. from the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, what the Democrats say is that actually this isn't the case. Actually, uh, because we've already paused student debt repayments, that this really won't increase inflation. That sounds good on the surface as a good counter, except some people are continuing to make the payments. So those people no longer have to make the payments either with this $10,000 reduction. It does free up money. It also drives up the federal debt. Now, how does this work? The Democratic talking point is that this costs taxpayers nothing, except that's not true, and you should intuitively know it's not true because what happens is that the federal government through various entities paid up front the tuition to colleges for these students. Whose money did the federal government use to advance the funds to the colleges? Your money, your money. In turn, the students signed contracts agreeing that they would reimburse the taxpayers over time with interest. Now Joe Biden unilaterally says they don't have to. That means it's the taxpayer's money that was obligated and spent with no reimbursement to the federal government to offset the taxpayer funds. Therefore, the taxpayers are shouldering this. And there are other ways that could be done to reduce those costs. Again, this, this conversation with CNN on, on what needs to be done to lower costs. A more target approach would focus on fixing income-driven repayments, and more importantly, on getting college affordability in the first place. That means pushing colleges to accept more AP credits and transfers from community colleges, more no-frills degrees, get cutting out some of their administrative waste. That's what we really need to do is make college affordable, 
not send a $10,000 gift to people that already have, in many cases, advanced degrees. Yeah. You remember what happened with the electric vehicle tax credit? The moment the electric vehicle tax credit hit, electric vehicles went up by $7,500. What do you think college tuition is going to do now? What do you think college tuition is going to do? Of course, it's going to go up. And the fact that the media doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff is pretty striking to me. The media would far prefer to talk about Mar-a-Lago and Trump than talk about student debt forgiveness because it's not really student debt forgiveness. It's transferring the debt obligations to the American taxpayers. And so you and I will cover it. Now, here's the problem. 65% of Americans don't actually have a college degree. So at least 35% who do, I can actually do that math in my head, even though I went to law school. Uh, So 35% of Americans have college degrees. Of that 35%, the majority of them have paid off their college loans, and so they're not going to be benefited by this. This is a handful of kids, and according to the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, it's actually upper-income students who make between ninety dollars and $125,000 who are most likely to benefit from this. It's not going to be other students. So it's going to be the white kids who got gender studies degrees. It's not actually going to be anyone else who benefits from this student loan program. And that, of course, means it's a payoff to Democratic voters to incentivize them to vote. The National Taxpayer Union Foundation says that ultimately, according to the Penn Wharton budget model, the total cost of this cancellation will mean an average cost to each taxpayer of $2,000. Not only that, it will actually, as the guy on, on CNN said, We will actually spend as much money into the federal programs as we saved in the Inflation Reduction Act, if not more, which will, of course, cause then inflation. Uh, According to CBS News, it will cost $300 billion. Let me read you this. The Biden administration will forgive some college loans under the plan, $10,000 in student loans per borrower with an annual income cap of less than $125,000. A new analysis estimates the total cost of forgiving that debt will be $300 billion in the first year. According to the Penn Wharton budget model, a group of economists and data scientists at the University of Pennsylvania who analyze public policy to assess the economic and fiscal impact. Um, they, some say this will be a boon, except the federal reserve cautions that this could be an inflationary event. In fact, um, what's his name? Uh, was it Neil Cash Carey? Isn't that a great name? Cash Carey. He works for the federal reserve. Listen to this audio. The big fear that I have in the back of my mind is if we're wrong and markets are wrong and that this inflation is much more embedded at a much higher level than we appreciate or markets appreciate, then we're going to have to be more aggressive than I anticipate, probably for longer, to bring inflation back down. That's part of the problem here. Uh, college grads who have weighed down, been weighed down by loans, there are 40 million Americans holding a combined $1.7 trillion in debts. The loans take a toll on the economy. They force many grads to delay financial and life milestones. Uh, some consumer advocates and grads have argued that $10,000 in loan forgiveness is insufficient. Some policy experts have proposed up to $50,000. But that would be far more costly than wiping out the $10,000, and the cost of running a debt relief program would be incremental in the following years since the bulk of forgiveness would occur in the initial year. But 
It will be inflationary. This will drive up more costs. This isn't good public policy for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I want to focus on the immorality of it when we come back. Uh, we got to talk about the FBI as well, but we we need to really stop and think about what Joe Biden is doing. And I don't even understand the constitutionality of it. Ted Cruz was on with me yesterday, and he says he hasn't studied it. He hasn't looked at it. But offhand, I don't know how the president finds it within his power to unilaterally forgive debts of money appropriated by Congress under federal programs. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me that he can do it, and yet he seems to want to. And likewise, I know many of you probably have concerns about this. Now, save your phone calls till the bottom of the hour, in all honesty, because I want to spend a moment when we come back talking in a short segment about the FBI and the new revelations, but then we've got to really focus on this situation with this terrible, terrible policy, an immoral policy. And I really do mean it's immoral, and I want to spend some time explaining why when we come back. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California key. You will feel the difference, and they're 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I mentioned at the top of the hour that most of the media is more focused on the special election in New York and abortion's impact on it and the FBI at Mar-a-Lago. There have been a series of leaks in the New York Times and the Washington Post about the documents found, the extent of the documents, how numerous the documents were, how highly classified they were. I I want to begin with some audio I didn't play yesterday. Peter Strzok. You remember Peter Strzok of the FBI? He was, what was her name? Lisa Page or whatever. Um, they, they were, I think they were having an affair or something like that. They were deeply hostile to Trump when he was elected, convinced they had to get the guy. I wanted you to listen to him. He was on the, the left-wing show Don Lemon on CNN, which supposedly doesn't have any left-wing shows anymore, except it does. You know, Don, it's a tired story. I mean, I, I thought at this point in 2022, I'd no longer be at the point where I'm sort of living in the president's, former president's head, rent-free, and when the demons come at night, there I am. But, you know, it, it's a little surreal. It is obviously nonsense. I mean, the things that were demonstrated by the FBI's investigation, by special counsel Robert Mueller, were unequivocally illegal acts, which led to any number of prosecutions. Um. 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 Why is Peter Strzok on Don Lemon's show? Why does why does Andrew McCabe have a contributorship at CNN? Here's the thing. What we see from Peter Strzok, what we see from Andrew McCabe is that both gentlemen 
use the term loosely, are reliably progressive partisans. They're predictably partisan progressives. To use some alliteration here, you know what they're going to say, you know what their angle is, and it aligns with the left. Is it any surprise fewer and fewer people trust the FBI as more FBI agents get contributor contracts at networks and they just produce the pablum of progressive partisans all the time? And now you've got the FBI and the Department of Justice leaking to the New York Times what they found at Mar-a-Lago. It's not the Trump team leaking. It's the FBI and the DOJ, which just reinforces how this looks like a partisan witch hunt to undermine the former president. Peter Strzok says the president lives rent-free in his head. The man would not have a contributorship at CNN that pays him money but for Donald Trump. Who controls who in the situation? Not a good situation to have former FBI agents revealing themselves to be predictably progressive partisans on news networks, particularly in light of this raid. It's why I find it notable that the NBC News poll shows that uh, so many Americans view threats to democracy as the number one issue. That includes a number of Republicans who are concerned about the growing partisanship inside supposedly nonpartisan organizations like the FBI. Not a good situation. By the way, there is some developing news happening on the news wires right now out of Rome, Georgia. have an affiliate up there, WRGA. Uh, this is from Chad Perham at Fox News. Rome, Georgia police say they received a 911 call overnight about someone being shot at the home of GOP Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Local police and the U.S. Capitol Police are probing a swatting incident. Police say a caller used a computer-generated voice stating that he or she was upset about Ms. Green's political views on transgender youth rights. This is a developing story uh, out of Rome, Georgia. I will keep my eye on this story as the day progresses as well. Um, that particular issue drives people insane. We've got actually a story later in the show uh, Jason Rance out in, uh, out in was Washington state. I think, yes, Washington state has a story about the university of Washington doing a big study on transgenderism. And it turns out they lied in the study and got so much praise about it. They knew a lot of the data was wrong, but they couldn't walk it back after getting so much praise. We will talk about that later in the show, but I got to get back to the situation on student loans because I find it to be a deeply immoral policy. The number of people I know who gave up opportunities and spending to save money to pay off their student loans and get out of debt, they use the Dave Ramsey program, and now the federal government comes along to a bunch of people and says, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry that you irresponsibly got a college degree for which you can make no living. We're going to bail you out, and we're going to use the taxpayers to do it. This is not a student loan forgiveness program. This is taking the obligations of private citizens and forcing the taxpayers to shoulder the burden. I find it all very immoral. Not only that, it will perpetuate the very racial income inequality in this country the Biden administration claims to be worried about. And also, it will bail out a lot of people who don't need to be bailed out 
on the backs of those who put themselves in a position where they didn't need to be bailed out. Essentially, what the federal government under Joe Biden is doing is telling the irresponsible that we will bail you out on the backs of the responsible and we'll send the IRS agents after responsible people to make sure they're paying their quote-unquote fair share so you don't have to. That's going to end badly for the Democrats in November at the ballot box. Wait and see. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. You want to hear something interesting? Uh, Here's something we can all learn together. Some science here. Let's see. Uh, Well. That's the sound of a black hole. (laughs) How about that? Uh, So NASA has put this up and says... Uh, the misconception that there is no sound in space originates because most of space is a vacuum providing no way for sound waves to travel. But a galaxy cluster has so much gas that we picked up the actual sound surrounding a black hole because of the particles bouncing into each other. And so they've been able to use radar to pick up the sound of what a black hole sounds like. That's actually really cool. Okay. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Before I get to your phone calls, and be patient with me, please, because I want to get to them real quick. I want to spend time with your calls more than I want to talk. But I got to say this. What the Biden administration is doing with student loans is actually deeply immoral. Because what they are doing is they're telling 65% of Americans who don't have college degrees that you must shoulder the burden of the debts of other people who obligated themselves to pay those debts. Your money as taxpayers funded their college education on the commitment that they would pay you back with interest as taxpayers. They would pay you back, them, the college students who undertook the loans, And now their debts are forgiven unilaterally by one man who has no authority to do so. And you continue to shoulder their debts. That's deeply immoral. It is also immoral because all of the data shows without much dispute that white families in this country actually do tend to have more means to help kids pay for college. So the debt of white kids coming out of college tends to be less than the debt of black kids coming out of college. And so the Biden administration is giving those white kids a competitive financial advantage because the debt burden of the black kids coming out of college will still be much higher. In many cases, uh, the white burden will go away and the black burden will remain. So it's a racist policy in addition, just by virtue of the debts of college kids. On top of that, the blue-collar workers, the working class in America, who didn't go to school and learn to build businesses and careers and be fiscally responsible, will be shouldering the debts of kids who got loans to pay for, in many cases, graduate degrees in things that don't improve their livelihood or income, And so the people who were hardworking and made responsible choices will be forced to shoulder the irresponsible decisions of others. On top of that, many people did get college degrees and loans and paid off those loans, myself included. They will get nothing from this. They will get no benefit for having done things the right way, for having saved money, 
friend of mine was telling me he and his wife spent $35,000 in the first two years of marriage to pay off his wife's student loans. They gave up vacations. They gave up nice meals. They gave up trips. They gave up spending. They gave up things to get out of debt as quickly as possible. They did it the right way. They scrimped and saved. They made hard decisions and lived a tough, rough first two years of marriage to get out of debt. What's their reward for this? The reward is to learn that if they made irresponsible decisions, the government would bail them out by making the right decisions they didn't. In addition, by having to give up, by having to make those tough decisions, they built some character and they built a life together where they had to make sacrifice and learning that shared sacrifice to put them in a better position made them grow as people. And now these people who don't want to pay out their, pay their debts, who made decisions to put themselves in irresponsible positions, they won't have to build that character and and learn that self-sacrifice so the moral hazard will grow. It's a deeply immoral decision. Another friend of mine was telling me his mother received an inheritance and she used part of her money recently to pay off his student loans. What a waste now, isn't it? She could have used the money for herself. She wanted to help her kids, and so she did. Had she just waited, the student loans would have taken care of themselves thanks to Joe Biden. She's not going to get that money back now. What a waste. What a profoundly immoral decision. On top of all of that, it provides no incentive for colleges to lower tuition or to rework costs of education. It provides no incentive for anyone to save any money. All it does is it transfers the burden of the irresponsible to the responsible. It takes the private debts of citizens and makes the taxpayer shoulder the burden. It's an immoral decision. I try to put myself in the shoes of the other side to understand why they think something is a good public policy. Even if I disagree with them, I don't think these people actively want to destroy the country. I think their policies will, but I think they actually see the country is deeply flawed. They want to fix it, and they think these things will fix it. This doesn't fix anything. It makes it worse. There is no good public policy in debt forgiveness. It creates more moral hazard. We've worried about this on Wall Street. The very same people who are begging for student loan forgiveness now have for years decried the moral hazard by constantly bailing out Wall Street. And now they don't even want to bail out Main Street. They want to bail out a subset of white kids in upper-income coastal areas who decided to get advanced degrees and then be baristas at Starbucks instead of having to bust their butt to find a job they didn't particularly like but did so to pay back their obligations. It's deeply, profoundly immoral policy. It's not just bad public policy. It is immoral. Taking the privately obligated debts of individuals who consented to the debt obligation and forcing the American taxpayer, most of whom did not undertake this sort of debt at all, to cover those debts is profoundly immoral. All it does is it rewards the rich white kids who vote for the Democratic Party. It's payback for a base using your taxpayer dollars, and I hope and I think there will be hell to pay for the Biden administration doing this if Republicans will stop trying to scream about Mar-a-Lago and make this a profoundly moral issue on the campaign trail. They absolutely should focus on this issue, Republicans. They absolutely should focus on the immorality of it. They absolutely should focus on the injustice of it. They actually should focus on the expanded racial inequality that this decision will make. They absolutely should target Hispanic and black voters who don't have college degrees who are already headed to the GOP and tell them, look, behold, you now will cover the costs of debts of the rich white wokes you don't like. 
because that's what this is. It is a bailout of rich, white, woke kids who make ninety dollars to $125,000 a year and now don't have to meet their obligations. The only thing this decision will do is exacerbate the plague of irresponsibility already focusing this country, and it'll make inflation worse. Now, let's take your phone calls. I'm going to begin with Philip. You're up next. Welcome to the show. Eric, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay, terrific. Um, I was com- I want to comment on just two things. Basically, I'm I've recently joined up for your uh, email, the preps for your show, and just two points to the article on the uh, Russian disinformation and how it's being proven that there is Russian collusion and it's primarily with the left and going to the Black Hammer organization as an example. And then the second thing is about the government distrust and immorality. And I'll, on that subject, I'll make it quick. Just want to open up with how immoral it is for the government to raid an Amish farm in Pennsylvania, trying to put them out of business for helping people out with things that are 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 healthy for them. And then the second thing about government, the big government is is the the <clears throat> excuse me is the president exercising the um, forgiveness of these college loans. If Mm -hmm. that's anything that's on his plate, why doesn't he offer them a tax credit, take a few cues from the energy secretary and start giving them tax credits as opposed to you know, a complete forgiveness of their debt. Well, you know, here's the thing. They actually can, Philip, they can deduct the the cost of student loan interest. They they can deduct on their federal taxes. You get a deduction up to a certain income level for for, for student loans. You get that deduction. What they should do, and I think Republicans at the time, I wrote it was a mistake. Republicans decided years ago to make it so that, um, make it so that you're, student loans couldn't be dischargeable in bankruptcy. So you couldn't file for bankruptcy. If you filed for bankruptcy, you still had to pay your student loans. They should get rid of that. That allowed colleges to get rid of the cap on the amount to be borrowed by students. And so colleges could let students borrow more knowing kids wouldn't default uh, on their student loans. They'd be bound for the rest of their lives on the payments. Let them be dischargeable in bankruptcy. And that'll deter a lot of the practices that have gone on since then. It was bad public policy at the time advocated by Republicans. And at the time I said it was a bad idea. They need to do better on this sort of stuff. Jim, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Jim. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hi, Eric. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have a, I, I have a question. I've, I've listened to you when you were here in Georgia, and I realized your audience is larger, and so you have to address that. My question is, um, is about Flashpoint, uh, the Victory Channel, uh, a televangelist, but more specifically, uh, Christian nationalist. Um, I'm not a historian, but I, I have read a bit about uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, and some of the opinions of those people. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, being an African-American man, uh, when someone says Christian nationalist to me, I think that also means white nationalist. 
I'm right. sure this problem will never go away. But uh, I've watched Flashpoint a few times, um, and I know some of our Congress people claim to be Christian nationalists. Could you explain it to me a little bit? Yeah, so uh, there are people who believe America is a Christian nation. We should only put Christians in charge, and we should implement Christian policy. Um, that's Christian nationalism. We it has three parts. We are a Christian nation. Only Christians should be elected. Only Christians should be given political rights, and only Christian policy should be implemented. That is Christian nationalism. There are actually very few people who believe it. What's actually happening now is a lot of people who say, I'm a Christian and I want to be involved in politics, and I'll use my faith to shape how I vote, just like everybody else does. The media is so hostile to that idea, they're labeling those people as Christian nationalists, which is, is since time immemorial, people have gotten elected to office. They're people of faith. They say, I believe these things and I think it'd be good public policy. That's what the media now calls Christian nationalism, which has no bearing on what Christian nationalism has historically meant. The idea that we are fundamentally a Christian nation, we should not have a religious plurality outside of Christianity. Christian policy should be implemented by the government and imposed on people. That's actual Christian nationalism. There are some people who believe that. They're a small minority. But to say I'm a Christian and I'm going to be involved in politics and I think my worldview is right, that's what you're supposed to do. Even the atheists say, I'm an atheist. I think my worldview is right, and I'm going to vote based on that. There's nothing wrong with people doing that. All right, I want to keep taking your phone calls, but I need to take a time out first. Before I get there, though, i got to tell you, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, maybe the Biden White House should have run these and clear the air of the progressives in there that clearly shaped this bad policy. You can get three of them right now for less than $100. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. You put in my discount code, ERIC3, on the front page of the website, ERIC3. You will get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. You will save $200. You will get them for less than $200. You will get free shipping. They not only get rid of the pollen and the dust floating in the air, they wipe out odors. They will wipe them out. They don't mask them. They wipe them out. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in my discount code, ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, uh, no space. You get three of them for less than $200, one for your upstairs, one for your downstairs, one for like I do, keep one in my suitcase when I travel if the room stinks or the rental car stinks. You can plug it in with a USB cord in the car or you can plug it directly into a wall outlet. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code is ERIC3. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, happy to take your phone calls. We do have other stuff we've got to get to um, in a few moments. I'm having a, a little bit of a hiccup on call screening here, so just bear with me. Be patient uh, while I try to be able to fire up phone calls. Um, that being said, I want to play you some audio. And hey, listen... Let me make this clear to you again. I, I'm having a technical issue on my end, so if you're on hold, just please bear with me. I want to get to your phone calls on student loan issues, even though we do need to move on. But I want to play this for you. This is Pete Boot Edge Edge, or as my uh, Siri says, if I mention him, uh, Pete Butter Judge, uh, Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation. Listen to Pete Buttigieg and what he's going to do about the airline aviation problem. So uh, what we're seeing is uh, two things or several things hitting at once. It's not unusual to have weather. There's always weather. But right now, when weather hits the system, the system is not able to absorb. It's not able to cope, largely because airlines don't have the staff that they need. 
uh, to adapt and be resilient when there is some kind of curveball or a situation. Uh, so what we're pressing the airlines to do is twofold. First of all, make sure they got the realistic scheduling and the adequate staffing so these delays and cancellations don't happen in the first place. Secondly, to make sure they're clear and transparent about taking care of customers when there is a disruption that can't be avoided. My department announced that we are going to pull together uh, information in a transparent fashion to make it available to the public about how the different airlines stack up with what they do, how they treat you when uh, you have an issue or an incident. And uh, the, the next few days while we're uh, preparing that website would be a great time for airlines to raise the bar on what they offer passengers. So, you know, I can go to the Wall Street Journal and or I can go to J.D. Powers and I can find out the information about what airlines are doing to passengers and what their policies are on passengers. The airlines themselves tend to announce it and the media tends to cover it. There's actually a website for frequent flyers uh, that you can go uh, to and check this stuff out. In other words, the private sector is already doing this. So Pete Buttigieg, whose regulations have caused a pilot shortage whose hiring policies have caused a deficit in the number of air traffic controllers in the country. Pete Buttigieg's solution is not to walk back the regulations that helped cause the problem. His solution is to build a website where you can find out what the airline's um, the policies on air travel delay are when it's already out there in the private sector. Does he not even know it? The man is incompetent. When I was a, a kid, I worked for a uh, lady. She was had a doctorate in education. She was the headmaster of my school. And there was a guy who worked under her. There was high school, middle school, elementary school. I had graduated from them, the principals. And I commented on the, the elementary school principal. It was a sharp guy, sharp dresser, kept his office very spotless. Everything looked very nice. Everything he did was formatted great. Just looked sharp and Dr. Winsey one time commented to me, she says, don't pay attention to that stuff. That's the superficial stuff. That's the mile wide, inch deep stuff. And he is mile wide and inch deep. He doesn't have the depth. Everything looks really good to cover up the fact that there's no there there. That is Pete Buttigieg. There's no there there. He went on paternity leave and no one noticed. And now when challenged about the, the issues Involving homeland, uh, involving air travel and air delays. Not all of it his fault, by the way, but a good portion of it is. His solution is, well, we're going to build a website where people can see what's going on. They're not going to change the regulations. They're not going to do any of that stuff. This isn't good governance. It's incompetence papered over with veneer. And that's what we have. Now, I do want to take your phone calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. Also, if you're running for a local office, if you're running for the school board or something, you need to hear what happened in Florida because there was major upheaval last night in Florida on school boards where a lot of the anti-woke parents won races with Ron DeSantis's backing. 